0: What's up, everybody? Today is November 17th, 2020. This is A Talk in the Attic. I'm your host, Kirk Ross, and in honor of the late, great Alex Trebek, the category is Numbers. The clue is 75. Yes, Donnie. Which episode of A Talk in the Attic are we on, Alex? That's right, Donnie. Episode 75, can you believe it? How can it be that 75 episodes went by in the blink of an eye, while at the same time it feels like COVID started 230 years ago? Before we move on, just want to drop a little love to Mr. Trebek, who we have all learned so much from throughout our lives. He taught us about history and geography. He taught us about the arts. He taught us that with just the right amount of sass, you can make even geniuses feel like complete idiots. Some silver lining, we're fortunate that as a result of the production schedule, there are still a month's worth of new Jeopardy! episodes to air. So whether you're a Jeopardy! fan or not, or always have been, I urge you to watch these final episodes with Alex Trebek at the helm. He's a true legend. It's sad when we lose people, especially people like Alex, who we've spent 30 minutes with every weekday for most of our lives. My personal favorite categories were those that required Alex to recite song lyrics, Often pop lyrics, sometimes hip-hop lyrics even. Sometimes he'd put a little stank on it, sure, but generally, it all worked out perfectly precisely because there was exactly zero stank on it. In a rerun that we recently watched, Jess and I saw Alex take contestants through the category Let's Rap Kids. Let's honor the late great Canadian American quickly here by playing a clip. In nothing but a G-Thing, this Dr. Rap... Never let me slip, cause if I slip, then I'm slipping. Mary. R I P A T. Moving on. This likely won't come as a shock to you, but I'm a big fan of old-timey accents. From a historical accuracy lens, my accent arsenal doesn't exactly pass the smell test. Bonaby, did my ears deceive me? Or will we be engaging in an olfactory assessment? Let's take an objective look back at that last sentence. Because it's got all the ingredients of what I love about this budding new hobby of mine. Barnaby! I mean, I'm not certain that Barnaby was even a prevalent given name back in the old days. Or even that it's a name at all. But it seems like it should be, right? So we'll just go with it. But once I had Barnaby's attention, I proceeded with what everyone knows comes next for an old-time guy. He always asks a formal and proper rhetorical question, this time in the form of, Did my ears deceive me? Again. Not even sure the concept of ears being deceitful had even emerged by the unknown era from which this soundbite hails, but it works, right? The next and final part is my favorite, replacing commonly understood modern-day vernacular with their more formal and archaic counterparts. Smell test becomes olfactory assessment, and voila, that's the formula, my formula at least. But let's try another one, this time a response from Barnaby himself. No, 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 Fergus, I fear that your ears partook in no such sorcery. But you might still have been mistaken, for it seems as if this master of ceremonies of this particular radio program has made the fastidious implication that the particular olfactory assessment has already been administered. And what, pray tell, was the outcome of said reprisal? Perhaps your ears do deceive you, old chap. For you must have missed the segment in which he informed his listeners that our very vocal stylings do not pass this inquisition. Impossible. I demand to see the rubric against which such erroneous results were returned. Sorry, guys. I hate to break this to you. I really do. But what I said was right. Barnaby and Fergus, your accents don't pass the smell test. In fact, your very existence doesn't pass the smell test. A second opinion, perhaps? No, I'm sorry. There will be no such second opinion. Okay? Truth of the matter is that not only do your accents not exist, but you yourselves do not even exist. At all. You see, neither of you is anything more than a fleeting figment in a format foreign to you, but that will soon be forgotten. Nothing more than an idea. And with that assertion, Barnaby and Fergus have come to the tragic realization that they simply do not exist, and they're gone. Hmm. Touching. Sad. As we get into today's special milestone episode... Hey, 75 is a milestone, right? We'll let the smooth sounds of Alex Trebek-approved composers Gilbert and Sullivan play us in with what might have been Barnaby and Fergus's favorite song, had they been actual people. Gentlemen, if you'll help me out, let's, let's start, start the, start the show. show! They will see that I'm pretty, Gold laced, in a uniform handsome and chaste, but the plenipathetics of long-headed seem very much more to their taste. Which I never counted upon when I first put this uniform on. I have seen old you could never have counted upon. I didn't anticipate that when I first put this uniform on. I can't resist. I didn't anticipate this when I first put my uniform on. Okay, moving out of the nondescript fictional era that includes impressions from completely disparate time periods into what matters most, the present. Boy, if I had a dollar for every hipster pop psychologist poser who has ever uttered the words, just be present. But it's true. We all know that our minds are most at ease when we're thinking about right now. When we're thinking about the immediate. I read once in a terribly unnuanced oversimplification that depression arises from thinking about the past. Anxiety arises from thinking about the future. Of course, there's a lot more to it than that, but the idea serves our needs here, doesn't it? We all spend more time than we should thinking about the difficulties of our past. Just like we all spend more time than we should thinking about the difficulties that may arise in our future. Problem with this, of course, is that we can't change the past, just as we can't control the future. Hence, presence! But staying present is easier said than done especially in the coronavirus era that we find ourselves in today. Remember last week when I lamented my lack of understanding of what to do with my arms? Well, in the most obvious sense, the answer to this question is simple. Don't know what to do with your arms? Do something. Do anything. Work, play, paint. And no, Carl from Royal Oak, my urging you to do something, anything, does not permit you to resume your favorite activity of sending those threatening letters using nothing but newspaper headline clippings, so don't even think about it. But sincerely, at least for me, the best way to stay present, the only way to stay present maybe, is to be productive. Of course, folks who are into meditation would say the only way to be present is to meditate. Hey, I say do anything, they say do nothing, tomato, tomato. If you're listening and you're struggling to keep your mind where it belongs, in the now, then I suggest that you find a side project to put some energy into. Pick up an instrument maybe, get into pottery. And if you're already getting into pottery, you might as well grab a willing partner and stage a scene-for-scene reboot of the famous Demi Moore and Patrick Swayze scene from Ghost. I know what you're thinking. You're too busy to take something new up. First off, no you're not. I know it feels that way, but you've got at least a little time. More likely, a lot of time. Secondly, it doesn't have to be something new. Rediscover an old hobby. Maybe that's tap dancing. If you're Michael Morosi, it's probably rollerblading. And to that end, Michael, I must caution you that rollerblading at the age of 36 is a very different proposition than it was the last time you went wheels up. Just ask the two nearly mint condition pairs of skates that have taken up residence in our basement since Jessica and I took to Amazon and decided to get back into this unbelievably difficult sport. I guess what I'm trying to say is if we do somehow get a game of Sharp Street Hockey organized, there will be no shortage of goalie volunteers. Let me know in the comment section below what you do to snap back into the present. And if you don't know, that's fine too. I encourage you to look for an activity that will help center you in this time of unmatched off-centeredness. As you have likely already surmised, a talk in the attic is the apparatus by which I've rediscovered the present. I thoroughly enjoy the entire thing, cradle to grave. I enjoy the fear that creeps in every Tuesday morning as I approach my keyboard. I enjoy the writing. I enjoy the performing, the editing, the production, even the promotion. These tasks exercise so many different parts of my brain. And when my brain is active, there is little time to fade into the past or surge into the future. I've been pleasantly surprised by the amount of feedback that I've gotten from people who tell me that they actually enjoy the episodes in which I touch on the actual podcast itself, that they like hearing and seeing behind the scenes here. So coupled with the fact that we're at the Big 7-5, I figured we'd spend the remainder of today's show talking about what's going on here at a Tita HQ. So let's get into the details here. Starting with the build-out of the studio space itself. Huh? I absolutely loved Home Improvement, by the way. Pardon me if I've already shared the story, but when I was a kid and in the presence of my entire family, I proclaimed with longing that, oh, I wish I had a dad like the tool man. Huh? Sorry, dad. I'm super grateful that I had you as my dad. Plus, you're pretty much the tool man anyway. This remodel project has been dragging on a little. And while not having a deadline is part of the fun of a project like this, I must say that I'm ready to finish it up. Some of you have seen my posts on Facebook, which features our acoustic diffuser wall that comprises about 5,000 one and a half inch square blocks of varying lengths, all manually sanded and aligned and glued into place. This feature is an interesting one because it's low on material cost and super high on labor. I'm the grunt, of course. So it all comes down to what I charge myself for labor costs. In other words, zero labor cost. And when it's all said and done, I'll have had about $75 in materials into this thing and about 75 hours into it as well. Hey, those figures fit nicely into episode 75, don't they? I like to highlight this particular feature for a number of reasons but for explanatory purposes especially. When we started on this project back in April, the attic studio was just the attic. The rafters were exposed. The insulation was simply fiberglass bats laying on the floor so that it protected everything in the space below from the heat and cold, but the attic itself was unconditioned. So with the help of my less-than-fully-homed friend, Ferris, we got rid of the fiberglass insulation, clearing the way for us to see the original but still unfinished pine floors. Now, these are 100-year-old floors. Back to Ferris. I could do an entire episode on my man Ferris. But I'll give you just one tale from the day that he helped me clear the insulation out of the attic. For some context, Ferris is a black dude who canvasses our neighborhood every so often for opportunities to earn a little money. Sometimes he wants returnable cans and bottles. Sometimes he has a stray Home Depot card for sale. Sometimes I call and confirm there's truly a balance on the card and proceed with the transaction. And one time, I failed to check the balance. That'll be the last such time. (laughs) Anyway, Ferris was my guy for the insulation removal project. We had agreed the weekend prior that we'd start next Wednesday at 9.30 a.m. He instead showed up at Thursday at 11. I mean, if you can't rely on your neighborhood bridge guy to show up on time, then who can you trust? No biggie, though. Thursday worked out just fine for me, too. After we got suited up in gloves and hats and masks, we headed up the two flights of stairs to the third floor attic. First things first, we gotta get some jams kicking up here, right? Hey Ferris, uh, what kind of music do you listen to? Uh, country and western. Country? And western? Really, brother? I didn't take you for a country and western fan, if I'm being honest. He looked at me stone-faced before finally breaking down. Shit, man, I actually hate country. I just figured you liked that shit, so I was trying to make you happy. Within minutes, we were bumping and grinding to Anderson Pack, and J. Cole. No, we weren't really grinding. It only took a few hours to clear all the yellow fiberglass out of there. Never once did I give in to my temptation to take a handful of what appeared to be lemon cotton candy and stuff it into my mouth. Don't think Ferris did either. The moments at the end of that workday presented such a clean canvas upon which I was able to paint my vision. It was an empty, dark, cold attic. And it was up to me to turn it into what it is to become. Some of you might be asking, what is to become of this space? Well, I formed an LLC called Attic Audio Productions. And the titular space plays HQ to this very venture. I intend to offer affordable recording studio space to local musicians, to voice actors, to TV producers. And with that endgame in mind, I formed one single design rule for the construction of this room. Each finishing material, as in each material that will remain visible, must serve exactly two functions. A, it has to be aesthetically appealing, and B, it has to be acoustically functional. The block wall in particular exemplifies both needs. It certainly looks cool, but it's also part of an overall wall system that deadens and diffuses sound. Nothing wreaks havoc on a recording space like wayward echoes and standing waves. As you can see, if you're watching on YouTube, which I highly recommend, in fact, there's a link in the show notes, but as you can see, the neighboring surfaces include 3D wall panels to one side, hexagonal fabric dampeners on the ceiling, and acoustic foam produced with the ideal density for sound dampening. Jessica, meantime, has scrounged up a dozen or so awesome rugs from Facebook Marketplace, rugs that will help protect these refinished floors as well as reduce echoes themselves. And finally, after seven months of work, this project is nearing the light at the end of the tunnel. It needs to be. Because what I'm about to tell you next mandates that we get this space done. And quickly. Pulled up, made my appearance. You can't sit with us without clearance. Another part of Attic Audio Productions LLC is contract recording services. I hadn't intended to bite off this part of the project until the attic space was done itself, but a local opportunity came up back in late August that I couldn't resist, and I was happy to accept the role of producer on the Irie Lemon podcast. There's a link in the show notes. This show features local entrepreneurs Liz and Vince who meet each week to discuss tips for success in life, love, business, and the kitchen, you name it. When I interviewed... Other than my own show, I hadn't any experience producing podcasts. But I was confident in the way that I presented myself at the interview, and they agreed to take a chance on me. Mind you, for the roughly 14 months prior to landing the iRe podcast gig, I'd been working for my wife at her boutique law firm, and for myself exclusively. Translated, it took a little getting used to the expectations that come with larger team projects. I was rusty. Some of my former managers are thinking, Rusty? You weren't exactly an easy guy to control when you were on your A-game either, Chief. To which I'd reply, hey, I'm surprised you're listening. Thanks for tuning in. Now that we're a few months in, the Ivory Lemon podcast team is tightening up. We're working together more effectively. Less communication is required. It's getting fun. And the Ivory Lemon podcast product itself has never been better than it is today. And it's going to get better every week from here on out as well. And that's the expectation that we have to set for ourselves on everything. And then we have to manifest that into reality, right? Oh, and did I mention I'm learning from these two as well? I'd like to think they're learning a little bit from me too, but they're both hustlers, each with their own style, each with their own values, but they both hustle. And that hustle, folks, has led to an almost unbelievable outcome for the Ivy Lemon team. We've landed an absolutely massive guest, a guest that is truly a household name, and a guest that is sure to blow up our numbers over at Irie lemon And guess where our end of the remote interview will be recorded from? That's right, this very studio, which means on December 10th, 2020, upwards of a couple million eyes and ears will be taking in the biggest production to come from this attic since Ferris and I choreographed a full hip-hop routine up here back in April. <gasps> remember how I said I appreciated the absence of a deadline? Yeah. Then you'll also remember that I said now I've got to get this project done. My deadline is December 10th, 2020 well, the ninth, technically, when we'll be staging a dry run up here to mitigate the risk of any potential technical snafus the day of. I'll be leaking more details about this mystery guest as we get closer, but for now, that's all I can share. Suffice it to say, this is an opportunity that I intend to take full advantage of. How often does each of us get a chance to put our money where our mouths are? I'm beyond excited, and I promise that I'll keep you posted on this and all other developments in this less forward-facing part of Attic Audio Productions. What you know about rocking a wolf on your noggin? What you know about wearing a fur foxkin? Oh, I'm man. digging, I'm digging, I'm searching right through that, that luggage. luggage. One man's trash, that's another man's come up. On to the third and final item I wanted to cover in this extra special semi sesquicentennial episode, and yes, that's an actual term for a 75th anniversary, thrifting, or thrift shopping more accurately. My wife Jessica is Michael Jordan, in the consignment shopping world. Specializing in random ass fines of extreme value. The back of her trading car, rather than points per game, would show something like Versace jeans. purchased for $299. Actual secondhand value, $299. A collectible Japanese umbrella in working condition, picked up for something like $3. Actual secondhand value, $700. It's a sight to behold, really. It really is. Seeing Jessica sniff out Salvation Army Steals is reminiscent of watching Dustin Johnson destroy the Masters Field from this past weekend. Truly impressive. Grand Rapids is home to dozens of consignment shops and thrift stores. Each location offers its own special vibe based on the constituency that donates there, making each one perfect for different needs. See, most new apparel stores like H&M, are filled with low-quality fabrics constructed into garments at the expense of the tiny, dexterous hands of children workers who closest fire exit is three doors down by elevator. It's appalling. That's not to mention the enormous waste that happens at the end of every shopping season. What, you never thought about what happened to the 4000 puther jackets at each and every Stephen Berry storefront when that place went belly up? To be clear, all of this doesn't mean that we never buy new stuff. I mean, sometimes we do. But ever since Marie Kondo brought the idea of minimalism to the masses by way of her Netflix series, people are getting rid of their unused stuff. This is great news for the thrifting crowd, that's for sure. On top of that, the pandemic has given everyone a chance to do a very thorough cleanup of their closets. point of the story is this. There are tons upon tons of perfectly good clothes, some of which never before worn, sitting on the racks of thrift shops across the country. And at is like 99 cents in some cases. I mean, have you all been to a thrift shop recently? No? Well, today's your lucky day then, because the A Talk in the Attic merch strategy is about to collide headlong with your need for thrifting. As we've taken on a new approach, one that celebrates forgotten garments, one that reduces waste by recycling or upcycling perfectly good clothing. So, within a week from today, look for a brand new website that will feature upcycled apparel branded with woven patches bearing the show's official logo. those will be ironed and sewn on so whether you've been to a thrift shop recently or not you're about to get your hands on some secondhand goods as of this morning we've got nearly 80 garments washed pressed and ready for patch assembly all you'll need to do is provide a little bit of money provide a size and pick one of a few categories something like short sleeve long sleeve premium or something and i will personally select and fulfill your merch order this is folks The Atita Upcycling Merch Strategy, and I encourage you to pick up a shirt or two when the time comes. Included in each purchase will be a certificate of authenticity that reads something like the following. This garment was purchased at a Grand Rapids area thrift shop. Its actual origins are completely unknown. Unknowable, really. But here's one potential backstory that you are permitted to share as if it's true with whomever you wish. And then I would write something like... The original owner of this crewneck sweatshirt was Grand Rapids native William Van Heiss, who was once kicked out of a bar after angrily proclaiming that he was cast as the original Mitch Cannon on Baywatch in 1991. (laughs) To summarize, upcycled merch at good prices with lots of love and lots of time from yours truly and my lovely wife and muse, Jessica. Coming soon. Look for that. So, that's what's going on behind the scenes here at A Talk in the Attic as well as Attic Audio Productions. Thank you so much for taking an interest in what I'm doing up here, what I'm trying to build, and thanks for your continued support with all of it. Thanks in advance for engaging with the show, whether it be by comment on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you name it. Y'all ready for this? It's going to be a fun year. It's going to be a fun month. Let's get ready to pop some tags. Peace out, y'all. This is fucking awesome. What you know about rocking a wolf on your noggin? What you known about wearing a fur fox skin? I'm digging, I'm digging, I'm searching right through that luggage. One man's trash, that's another man's come up. Thank your granddad for donating that plaid button. Up shirt, cause right now I'm up in her skirt. I'm at the Goodwill, you can find me in the... I'm the, I'm the, I'm the stuck in searching in the second. Your grammy, your auntie, your mama, your mammy I'll take those flannel zebra jammy secondhand and rock that motherfucker The built the onesie with the socks on that motherfucker I hit the party and they stopped in that motherfucker They be like, oh, that's Goofy, the hella tight I'm like, yo, that's $50 for a t-shirt Limited edition, let's do some simple addition $50 for a t-shirt that's just some ignorant bitch Sheet. Call that getting singled and pinned Sheet. I call that getting tricked by a business That shirt's hella dope, dope. And having the same one And six other people in the club That's a hella don't Peep game Come take a look Through my telescope Trying to get at girls With my brand Man you hella, hella won't old. No you hella, hella won't old. Goodwill oh, wow. What? Popping attic tags Motherfuckers Yeah We're gonna pop some tags Put the motherfucking Attic patch up on honor You gonna be buying Shit from the attic Please just help me Please I'll wear you. Granddad's clothes. I look incredible. I'm in this big ass hole from the thrift shop down.